So, just like I said from the beginning of the season, Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. I, I want to be so wrong on this. So, 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 so wrong on this. But I'm fearful that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to miss the playoffs. I never doubted my Chiefs. Not once. Um, but I do believe that the winner of this Bills and Bengals game will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. So, sorry Chiefs. Spoiler alert. I knew once the playoffs started and they wrapped up that one seed, nobody had a chance. Nobody had a chance. The Bengals and Bills, that was going to be tough. But regardless, the winner of that game was getting sent the fuck home by Patrick Mahomes. We know this. We know this. Picking the 49ers, y'all. Picking the 49ers. So as of right now, I have the 49ers versus the Bengals in Super Bowl. What is this, 57, 56? I don't know, 58? I don't know. I have the 49ers and the Bengals meeting up in the Super Bowl. The Bengals. This is why y'all come to me. This is why y'all come to me. I know all. I ain't miss. I ain't miss at all. My Super Bowl pick from the jump. Eagles. Chiefs. I've been with the Eagles since fucking beginning of the year. Y'all know that. Been caught that. 49ers, Bengals. What? Couldn't it be me? It's over. It is over. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won it. Okay, I guess I have some explaining to do. All right, y'all. Welcome back to another episode. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have some fun this episode. We're going to talk about some sports this episode. I do have some other shit, um, but yeah, it's, it's not important. We're going to talk about some sports. Uh, obviously, we got a Super Bowl matchup. I'm going to talk about the, uh, I like to put my commissioner hat on from time to time, and I think I may have found a way to uh, make the NBA All-Star game great again. Hell, make All-Star weekend great again. I think I found a way. Uh, Also, um, I did watch You People over the weekend, and uh, I want to talk about it. There were some some interesting things that uh, went on in that movie, and it was, it's kind of weird. Well, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But anyway, we got a Super Bowl matchup, y'all. Uh, the game that we're all the most excited for was obviously the Chiefs and the Bengals. Uh, you know, two high-flying offenses, two great quarterbacks. I love receivers galore. We just assumed that it was going to be a shootout. We didn't really get the shootout that we were hoping for, but at the end of the day, the better team won. And we all know Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, dynamic duo. All right, man, let me be honest. Um, the Chiefs defense, I did not believe in much at all this year. Uh, y'all know how I feel about the Bengals offense. Uh, the Bengals have won the past three games in Arrowhead. Uh, they beat them last year, conference championship. Um, the Bengals just looked like a team of destiny. They did. Patrick Mahomes came in hobbled. And to be completely honest with you, I'm not going to go too much on the game because, uh, I watched the first quarter and then, uh, something came up and, um, I wasn't able to get back to the game until mid-fourth. So apparently there was some whole fifth down situation. Apparently they say the refing was terrible. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to think. But when I noticed that Patrick Mahomes had 320 yards, I was like, well, he seems to be doing just fine. Uh, and I don't even know who the fuck he was throwing the ball to because Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey had a solid game, I want to say. He had a touchdown, but I don't think he went crazy, so... Hey, Patrick Mahomes is doing what Tom Brady was doing with the Patriots. Like, when, when he lost Tyreek, I was just like, nah, he still has a great tight end. Tom Brady had Gronk. But as far as his receivers are concerned, eh, 
I mean, Juju on paper, you would think he's nice, but he didn't really do much shit this year. Uh, Valdez Gantling, eh, you know, the Packers got rid of him, and the Packers receivers weren't looking great until late in the year, so that should tell you all you need to know about that. Um, with all due respect, they had a white guy playing receiver, and not like a Wes Walker or Julian Edelman, but Justin Watson, uh, whoever the fuck that is. And then uh, Sky Moore. I was big on Sky Moore when he came out the draft. I believe he was their second-round pick. Um, he seems Tyreek-ish. Uh, he's obviously not going to be as fast as Tyreek, but I mean, he's 4-3. So, I mean, like, you know, like we're really splitting hairs at this point. Um, and I'm actually kind of surprised that he didn't step up in the way that I thought. Like, maybe, I don't, I don't know if they know how they want to use him just yet. Because I think you can use him out of the backfield. Uh, I mean, he's got the speed as a receiver. I, I just don't really understand. Uh, Kadarius Toney, uh, I did like Kadarius. Uh, I didn't think that he was an upgrade over Miko Hartman, but having two Miko Hartmans doesn't hurt. But then again, Miko Hartman didn't really do much of shit this season either. I'm saying all this to say, Patrick Mahomes made it back to the fucking Super Bowl with just a tight end. Just a tight end. I mean, yeah, Andy Reid's cool, and yes, they have other weapons, but I just... I really thought that the loss of all-pro track star Tyreek Hill was going to affect this team in ways that I couldn't be more wrong. Could not be more wrong. Isaiah Pacheco stepped up. Still don't like that guy. Uh, And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got hurt in the middle of the season. So you're just like, bro, there's no way. There's no way. But defied all the odds, Patrick Mahomes, he's he's earning everything that he's getting. Uh. (laughs) Honestly, he gave them a hell of a deal on that contract, and which is crazy because we remember it was announced as goddamn a half billion. Um, wow, injured too. I can't wait for this matchup. I, I I can definitely tell you that I cannot wait for the Super Bowl matchup, which is why I guess we can briefly get into the NFC game. Um, yeah, not really much to say after Brock Purdy got hurt, which just. Tells you all you need to know about the quarterback position for the San Francisco 49ers. Because, I mean, I'm not going to all of a sudden act like, oh, well, Brock Purdy's trash, Brock Purdy this, Brock Purdy that. But, like, he was the last pick in the draft. Now, was he competent and did his job and excelled in his role? Absolutely. Which is why I think it's unfortunate that we weren't able to see Brock Purdy playing that game after it was like the first quarter, right? And then uh, Josh Johnson came in or whatever. That wasn't it. And then Brock Purdy came back in, but the Eagles knew that he couldn't throw the ball. And, I mean, the Eagles had the number one pass defense in the league, so, I mean, it was already going to be difficult to throw the ball. But now that your quarterback literally can't throw the ball, well, that makes it pretty easy with the defense knows that you're going to be running. It's run, 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 screen. Run, 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 screen. Which... May have worked out, but that's a little bit of a difficult offense to run, especially when you're from behind. And also, they didn't have Elijah Mitchell. Um, I've been speaking about Elijah Mitchell for quite some time. I think that he's a really good running back. Um, But, I mean, when you bring in Christian McCaffrey, you know, and then you still have Debo, who you can hand it off to. Uh, and hell, the 49ers are so fucking wild. They'll fucking give it to Kittle on a jet sweep. So, even though their offense was limited, it didn't really stray away from too much from what they wanted to do, but just knowing that they weren't at their full strength uh, kind of sucked. And I mean, the Eagles, I mean, the Eagles offense didn't really have a great game, but that's just a credit to the 49ers defense. Um, but Jalen, then they're giving this story off that Jalen's hurt. Jalen's hurt. Jalen's hurt. And I mean, I, I remember he got hurt earlier, but I mean, he looked pretty, 
pretty good. Looks pretty good. I mean, well, running the ball, they didn't really do much throwing the ball. Um, outside of that first drive on that fourth and three when he converted to Devontae Smith, even though he didn't really convert, but I'm not going to be mad because I had Devontae in my lineups. Um, regardless, uh, we finally have a matchup of two quarterbacks from the state of Texas, uh, so it's definitely going to be fun to watch. Can't wait. We'll talk more about the Super Bowl uh, as the time goes. Um, I think we're going to do another uh, degenerate episode, probably get Kaide on there, uh, probably get Dexter on here. Well, my fault, Andy, but his nickname's Dexter. You wouldn't understand. Um, might get them out here, my two degenerate friends, uh, <laughs> and uh, we might look at some uh, crazy Super Bowl props and things like that. Anyway. The NBA has announced the starters for the All-Star game uh, recently. And uh, a lot of people are talking about, you know, Joel Embiid was snubbed. And, I mean, yeah, you can make that case. But, I mean, when you look at who's ahead of him, it's just kind of hard. Um, so I've been thinking, how can we fix this? The players don't really seem to care too much about the All-Star game. Um, I mean, like the Elam ending, that was cool, giving them that points thing to go to and everything. And that made the fourth quarter a little bit more uh intense but at the end of the day they really just don't care there's nothing on the line there's no stakes nothing going forward in the future a lot of times guys completely take the day off and they'll be voted in as a starter like zion's hurt right now zion's probably going to play a minute or two get an alley-oop and then call it a day unless he happens to come back within the next you know two weeks but it, it, there's just just not really there's not any real pride guys used to you know every now and then go one-on-one -on -one and shit like that but it's really lost its luster and another thing completely unrelated but I, I loved when they wore their own jerseys i loved seeing them wear their own jerseys and now that they're wearing the fucking team jerseys like i just i just i don't like it i don't like it uh now they are doing a live draft uh on the court which i think is going to be fucking insane uh because just imagine being that last guy drafted in front of the world and like yeah there's a silver lining oh you're still an all-star but like do you really feel like an all-star when you pick last it don't matter in what context it is if you're picked last, that never feels good. Never feels good. And I know I was the fat kid. Well, luckily, I was. there was always another kid that was fatter than me. There was always at least one other person that was fatter than me. So I wasn't picked last, but deep down you knew. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like there was those few times where I was like, you know, like third or fourth to last. I'm like, oh, yeah, we in here. Well, that's that's not true. When we played dodgeball, then, you know, I was I was out there. And whenever there was like a basketball drill or something like that, you know, I was out there. But, oh, man. And now, see, if I was growing up in today's day and age, I would have just chalked it up to racism because I was the only black boy in my class. So I would just have been like, oh, y'all not picking me because I'm black. Well, actually, if I was in today's day and age, I'd be the first pick because I'm black. So, damn, I'm just born at the wrong time. Anyway, 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 to the draft, to the draft, or I mean, to the All-Star Weekend. I was thinking, how can we get the guys to have a sense of pride and want to play? Um, now, obviously, there's been the monetary things, and I don't know um, what it is already. Uh, I think they said they increased it not too long ago, um, but I don't know what it is. And I'm not sure how much the NBA brings in. Um, for the All-Star Weekend alone, so like, you know, what exactly they'd be willing to dole out. Um, but I had an idea, and this idea was sparked from last year's uh, All-Star Weekend events. Uh, last year, if I remember correctly, there was like a 
six team for the rookie sophomore game. They got rid of the rookie sophomore game and made it like a, it was like maybe four or five. I don't remember, but there was like a couple of teams and they did a little tournament. And I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought that was actually kind of cool. And Adam Silver has been wanting to do a tournament for so long. And I was thinking, well, what if we did that for All-Star Weekend? What if we did that with the All-Stars? You know, I think that that would, you know, now the only, I am thinking about the downsides of, well, oh, you don't want guys playing a, essentially a back-to-back or a tournament when they're supposed to be off or whatever. Yes, this is true, which is why I think, I, I don't remember, the, again, the rookie and sophomores are younger, sure, cool, whatever, but it's for the fans, right? That's what, that, that's what it's about. And we want to see the guys compete, right? Now, time constraints, you know, work that out for whatever is best for the body, but also provides the best experience. But I think that they should put together a tournament incorporating some aspects of things that they've done in the past. And hell, they could even make it like an Olympic style or like a track meet or like a cup or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, we still have like I'm not taking away the the, uh, dunk contest, skills contest, three point contest. But I think that if we grouped guys together in a certain way that it would give some type of investment something to actually play for along with the monetary not taking away the monetary uh, considerations so i was thinking well how exactly would the nba go about hypothetically splitting these guys up into teams you could do like you know four or five six captains whatever and just do a draw but that would be too much i think that would be too much and there's not really much of a sense of pride whenever you're having this draw like yeah you all know each other and things like that but there's not really anything connecting y'all for real there's not really something to play for especially in all-star weekend when you're in your regular season yo those are my brothers those are my teammates and we're also trying to achieve a common goal but what can we do to get guys invested into that to some degree for games that at the end of the day are essentially meaningless i think i figured it out we use the all-star voting as normal but we split the guys up Based off of where they're from. Not where they went to college, but where they grew up, their roots, where they're born and raised. Well, a lot of guys transferred in high school, so depending on how long they spent their time at high school. But high school is your formative years, but you know, did the best with did the best that I could. So I used the all-star fan voting and well, all the not fan voting, but all the voting, fan media, like they have their full results out now. And uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, this took me this took me some time. It took me some time. But originally, I was going to split them up into five teams and uh, have a North, South, East, West, and a world team. Um, not going to lie to y'all, I fucked up, made a mistake, but I think that actually ended up making it better. Uh, I, I didn't realize when I was looking at the votes that I was just looking at the East and like it wasn't included in the West until I got like halfway in. So I decided, well, fuck it. We're going to do 10 teams. 10 teams. So we have guys divided by their region, where they're from, split into north, south, east, west, world, and also within the conferences. So this way you get more players that get to be exposed to the All-Star Weekend event. And, and I did 10 player teams, so it's not like these guys are playing 48 minutes. And even with that, I was thinking, I, I don't remember what the rules were that they did for the rookie sophomore tournament thing last year, but I'm thinking maybe two 10-minute halves or two 12-minute halves. It's essentially a half of a game. You got a 10-player roster, so your starters, your stars or whatever, they'll play maybe 
10 of those minutes, 10, 12 of those minutes. Um, but I'm thinking you could do uh, first round and, and then also uh, just, well, we'll get three fouls. How about that? Instead of, instead of the normal six, we'll do three. I mean, yeah, yeah, we'll do three. How about that? Uh, so, you know, there's maybe a little bit of strategy or whatever going into it. Um, and I mean, they're not going to have the opportunity to practice for real unless they decide to. But like, it's not that serious. They're obviously not going to be practicing this year because they don't even know what fucking teams they're on. So the all-star practice is a fucking watch. I'm sure just do it for media purposes. But I'm thinking a three-day Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because uh, the rookies and sophomores are also going to be included into this because a lot of these guys get voted. They just don't have enough to actually be starters oftentimes. Um, I, th I think that I think that this would be a nice way to go. I mean, hell, Chet Holmgren almost made it, even though he hasn't played a game this year. Um, so Friday, Saturday, um, we have the East versus the West. So you have your uh, team, like, for example, the North, North Division, North Side, whatever, but their East and West teams play against each other world east west south east west you know what i'm saying got a lot of directions a lot of geography going on need a compass for this shit um but i think you do that on friday then on saturday you have a round robin of the remaining five teams round robin of the main five so i mean you're already like it's not gonna be it shouldn't be that strenuous it's only gonna be quote unquote strenuous for the team that makes it to the championship and with that being said at the most the, the winning team would play Oh, oh, my fault. Yeah, no, well, yeah, I think I think two 10 minute halves, maybe even 12 minute halves. But with that, we start the all star. Uh, we do the Friday. So maybe you start like Friday at three or whatever, Friday at four or uh, whatever. So you can get like all these games over with within like a four hour period. They, they did it last year in the rookie sophomore game. I don't remember how many teams it was, but they did it. They did it within that time frame. So it can be done. Now, Saturday, with it being a round robin, uh, also, depending on the city, you might have multiple courts that you can use. Mm, no, nah, you don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. Unless unless they do like New York or L.A. Because, you, well, you can't do New, uh, L.A. because they play in the same building. But uh, New York, I, I, hell, that's the NBA fucking headquarters. Why not? You have Barclays and you got uh, Madison Square Garden going. Why not? Um, Start the day earlier. So we start that day at like fucking started at fucking... 11 11 10 whatever the fuck whatever time constraint that you need so that you can still do these games you can sprinkle in your little events uh like your concerts and shit because they always do a fucking concert in between the transition of every event uh you still have your uh three-point shootout you still have your dunk contest still have your skills contest and everything um and again i was thinking maybe make this like a cup or whatever so like you know you get certain point designations for moving on and winning certain things whatever i didn't go too deep in that that was literally just an on-the-fly thought or whatever but anyway you start the day earlier uh you do a round robin with the remaining five teams so they all play four games uh that's about about 90 something minutes uh the actual starters but they have 10 player teams and i mean if they're really that concerned about guys sitting because i mean it's just it's just you know it's just your pride it's just the pride of you know representing where you're from um so if guys actually want to play in that and it's still all-star type of competition it's maybe upped a little bit but like let's not get too carried away it's upped a little bit in the fourth quarter now back in the day when guys actually already have pride you have to do things like this like they just played hard the majority of the time but i'm thinking this is how we can infuse and bring in new life and competition and give the guys a sense of something to play for so 
with that being said, uh, round robin. Then on Sunday, uh, again, start off as early as you need. And this is a win-win for the NBA because they get to do more programming. They get to sell more ads. So I don't see why they would be opposed to it. Um, And then uh, Sunday night, uh, the old school all-star game would just be the championship of this tournament. First to 50. Because I think in the Elam, they add 24 points. So it's just doubling that. And that would be the real competition quote unquote but I, it sounds strenuous i think but i think it's actually not as bad once you actually get into it and again it's for pride like the for example lebron he plays in on friday and he plays in two of the round robin games he says hey fuck it if we don't make it we don't make it like all right cool that's what you want to do there's another nine guys that you know are trying to play and you know want to rep where they're from too and also maybe lebron doesn't decide to do that because he knows he's playing for his area so all the kids that grew up in well you know there's different states involved but there's a sense of pride for not just the players but for the fans it's like another sense of investment and maybe the nba could do some type of like the winning group uh they'll send a donation to those states or something like you know it's some charity or whatever the fuck i'm you know i'm just i'm just throwing shit out there just throwing shit out there but i took some time to put these teams together um i'm not gonna break down like you know like oh well i think they would win and this i'm not i'm not gonna do that i'm just gonna give you all the rosters of what this would look like and this was all based off of the voting from the all-stars so um i'll start with the quote-unquote eastern conference or the east side um guys from the west and (sighs) y'all don't care but i split up the united states evenly so whatever guys from the west paolo banchero evan mobley brooke lopez marjan bochamp Jalen mcdaniels james harden demar derozan lamello ball zach levine drew holiday uh for the midwest But these are also all guys from the Eastern Conference. The Midwest East. Jason Tatum, Kyle Kuzma, Al Horford, Ball Ball, Gordon Hayward, Tyrese Halliburton, Derrick Rose, Tyler Harrow, Fred Van Fleet, Bradley Beal. Then for the North, uh, KD, Tobias Harris, DeAndre Hunter, uh, Georgius Niang, Jalen Smith, Kyrie, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, Kyle Lowry, Terry Rozier. And as I'm going through this, another cool thing about it that I think is like these guys like more or less grew up together like they're within somewhat of a close proximity to each other so they might you know already know each other have those relationships and already had that sense of pride to them i, I think i think it's, i think it'd be cool i think it's something the nba should you know consider uh and it's funny that i you know decided to elaborate on that before i get to the next team where these guys couldn't be further apart the world team for the east uh Giannis, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Kristaps, OG Anobi, Ben Simmons, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Benedict Martin, Ricky Rubio, and Goran Dragic. And then around to get out for the East, uh the South team would be Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Julius Randle, uh Jared Allen, Nick Claxton, Jalen Brown, Trey Young, Darius Garland, Tyrese Maxey, and Marcus Smart. Now for the West, uh the West West would be Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Aaron Gordon, Christian Wood, DeAndre Aiden, Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook, Clay Thompson, and Spencer, oh, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Jalen Green. Uh, that definitely felt like more than 10 people. Whatever. Uh, for the Midwest, West, uh, Anthony Davis, Draymond, Jaron Jackson Jr., Kevon Looney, Harrison Barnes, Desmond Bain, Jordan Poole, D'Angelo Russell, Mike Conley Jr., and Patrick Beverly. And now for the North, 
West. LeBron, Jeremy Grant, Michael Bridges, Thomas Bryant, Keldon Johnson, CJ McCollum, DeAndre Hunter, Jose Alvarado, Dante DiVincenzo, and Lonnie Walker. And now the World West, uh, Jokic, Laurie Markkinen, Sabonis, Andrew Wiggins, Stephen Adams, Luka Doncic, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Jamal Murray, uh, Josh Giddy, and Dennis Schroeder. Uh, and one thing that I thought that was pretty cool about this is, you know, the All-Star game just so happens to be in Utah this year. But, you know, they're going to, you know, go all over the place eventually at some point. So this also gives the uh, more of an opportunity for the hometown guy to get a spot. Um, now, I mean, now they kind of make it to where that happens, where at least there's one. Um, but they don't have to, like, kind of force the issue too much when it's, you know what I mean? Because basically if you're doing, uh, I have 10 teams. 10 players on each team that's 100 players the nba is like 300 400 or something like that so like you're opening up the all-star weekend to more people and again it, it may be it may take a little bit to get used to but i don't i don't think the fans would be too upset like i think you want your area to win you want your stars these guys that are somewhat homegrown you feel some type of connection to them maybe even more so now obviously if you have a favorite player that's over there then yeah cool you're still gonna root for them but like i i I don't know. I, it's kind of like it's kind of like a, in Europe, you know, with the soccer teams and everything. Like they don't even really give a fuck too much about soccer, but they just know like that's my shit, that's my city, that's what we rep. Like there's a, there's a sense of pride that comes with that. So maybe you could build something like that. Anyway, uh, rounding out the South West, uh, we got Zion, Brandon Ingram, Walker Kessler, Trey Murphy, Jabari Smith Jr., Steph, Ja, De'Aaron Fox, uh, Devin Booker. But because Devin Booker's hurt, I added a replacement. Uh, and that replacement would be Jordan Clarkson. So you got another Utah player in there, uh, along with uh, Walker Kessler. And uh, Anthony Edwards uh, would be the uh, rounding it out for the southwest side. And then uh, just so we you know agree that the fan voting matters, because at the end of the day, this is for the fans. Um, I made the starting fives based off of the fan vote. So the top three vote getters from their region or the top three front court players from their region automatic starters at least for the first you know no fuck it they're the automatic starters you can strategize whatever you want to if you don't want guys to play high minutes or whatever the fuck cool but again it's a 10 or two 10 minute or 12 minute uh half halves um or maybe maybe they'll just play to a target score i don't know whatever you know, i don't know i don't know whatever it'd be best um and then i did the same with the guards the two highest vote getting guards from each uh each uh area uh guys put some time into this put some time into this uh, i'm gonna give y'all starting lineups and then we'll go ahead and get the fuck up out of here uh so for the northwest team it would be uh cj mccollum kevin Her uh, herder um uh, michael bridges jeremy grant and lebron james um for the northeast and oh yeah this will actually be the matchups for in my hypothetical friday night so uh, we got the teams going against each other, but it's east-west. Uh, so again, that's CJ McCollum, Kevin Herter, Michael Bridges, Jeremy Grant, and LeBron. Uh, and they would be going against Kyrie, Donovan Mitchell, DeAndre Hunter, Tobias Harris, and Kevin Durant. And then for the west region, but east and west, the west-west would be uh, Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Aaron Gordon going against James Harden, DeMar DeRozan, Paolo Banchero, Evan Mobley, and Brooke Lopez. And then for the midwest, uh, the midwest-west would be Jordan Poole, Desmond Bain, Draymond, AD, and Jaron Jackson Jr. versus Tyrese Halliburton, Derrick Rose, Jason Tatum, Kyle Kuzma, and Al Horford. And then uh 
for the uh, this is actually probably be the best game uh the world's uh, World West, uh, Luca, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Larry Markinen, Sabonis, and Jokic versus Ben Simmons, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Giannis, Pascal, and Embiid. Uh, that that's clearly the most star-studded area. Not even close. Um, and then we have uh, the South region. So the West would be Steph, Ja, Brandon Ingram, Zion, and Walker Kessler. And then the Southeast would be uh, Trey, Jalen, Jimmy, Julius, and Bam. So you know. Just a thought. Something I was, you know, considering. Now, anyway, uh, you people, you people. All right, so like I was telling y'all, I recently watched You People, and I've uh, seen that uh, it hasn't gotten the best reviews from the culture, but critically acclaimed, it appears to be doing well. I need to go back and look at that, but it looks like it's one of those black movies that you know, black people are going to get behind just because of the star power and white people are going to get behind because, you know, if not, then they're racist. But there's also, you know, heavy, you know, white Jewish representation throughout the movie, which, you know, I'll probably get back into. I thought it was good for Netflix, but not really. You can't really describe it. It's just something about these Netflix movies that you can just tell wouldn't be good in theaters. And I don't like, it's the story just, it wasn't, I, I, I don't know, I really can't describe it, but it was good for Netflix, but I can understand why it would not be a theater, a theatrical release. Anyway, uh, talk about the beginning of the movie, how um, they started off uh, with the joke about Obama being gay, like that was literally like the first thing that we hear in the movie, and they're just going back and forth about Barack doing coke and being gay, and you know. I'm not the biggest fan of Barack, but I just find it funny that the same people that thought that was funny would lose their fucking minds if you say anything negative about Michelle. You know, I just kind of find that funny. Like, again, we're talking about that same Venn diagram. Well, actually, no, this would be a certain demographic, but whatever. Uh, And I I do understand how the movie, uh, you know, got approved. Uh, Kenya checked off all the boxes i mean obviously you have you know black stars in it uh you had the jewish representation uh so you know he kind of got to reverse engineer the whole thing being approved because i'm not gonna say that they control hollywood but i'm sure there were some people in the rooms that just so happened to be of a certain faith that liked seeing representation on the screen so you know that kind of made it easier to get this thing approved but it just didn't wasn't really good enough like i said before to be a theatrical uh release and speaking of you know kenya checking off all the check boxes because like you said black stars jewish representation he also made sure that he uh represented the lgbtq uh community um with you know the stereotypical gay black best friend um at least it was a woman this time um and then the uh his gay jewish sister which they didn't really touch upon like was she like being molested by the rabbi like they kind of joked about it but didn't really go into depth on that okay interesting uh i i am kind of it is it, it's funny because if you've seen kenya's uh other tv series on which is on netflix black af uh he had a episode in there where it was pretty much kind of about this movie like black people love the movie white people didn't want to like be seen as racist but kenya's character in the movie and his daughter in the movie or in that show um both like 
didn't like it like they like agreed that it was trash and i forget what episode it was if you watch black af uh you probably remember if you haven't seen black af it was it was it was all right it was all right it was pretty funny it was all right i'll i'll, I'll if it comes back i would love to see it um but it, i just find it funny how now he's on the opposite side of that of something that he was making fun of it's, it's interesting um and it also begs the question why has black af not came back yet that was like two three years ago like why was blackish canceled why is black af not came back yet but he's able to get this off well like i said he appeased a certain crowd certain demographic anyway uh i just got to say this you know i'm sorry i know it's black history month but uh julie dreyfus hey man <laughs> white women are the real jews <clears throat> anyway um so uh i find it i find it funny how um like during the whole getting to know the parents and everything uh it seemed that uh julie dreyfus character was like really trying to force the issue whereas the dad his dad was like more authentic which is why when he was singing ordinary people that was honestly that was the funniest part of the movie to me that was that was that was my personal favorite part that was hilarious that was, that was hilarious um but then we're just gonna fast forward because i don't want to you know it was it was it was all right movie uh i find it odd that six months after uh knowing each other he's proposing i think that's uh fucking nuts um but you know the the white man doesn't have to go through so many hurdles and barriers to get to the end goal. Uh, she seemed to be very uh, open and accepting to this new lifestyle, more so than both their parents were. But I mean, I guess that, you know, it's obviously the point of the movie. Uh, now, I do find it funny that uh, she talked him into quitting his job to pursue podcasting before they were married. Again, that's some, only only a white man could do that shit. Only a black woman would allow that shit from a white man. Like this, I mean, I know it's a movie, but like, come on, dog. Like she had that black dude that she was talking to early in the movie, and he was trying to get her back and everything. And I mean, I wish we knew a little bit more about what was going on with that situation, but just how she was so easily able to accept this white guy who quit his job to pod. Like, at least get married first. Like, that that was fucking wild. But, like I said, the white man doesn't have to go through all the same hurdles. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. But, yeah, yeah, yeah it is what it is. Uh, I did enjoy the whole Vegas scene. Uh, you know, I honestly, I only watched the movie because of uh, Andrew Schultz. Uh, sorry, I'm saying that again in Black History Month. But, you know, he's been hyping it up so much. I am a fan of the Flagrant 2 podcast and Brilliant Idiot. So, you know, it was nice to end, you know, his comedy and everything. So, you know, he's been talking about it. So I thought that he might have had a bigger role. And, uh, well, he didn't. But his parts were funny. His parts were definitely funny. Um, moving right along, I thought it was odd that it took three months for them to apologize after the whole breakup thing and the breakup was really forced like it's not like they just all of a sudden had the epiphany that their parents don't like each other but i would think that when you're in that type of relationship you kind of don't give a fuck about what your parents think but yeah whatever they they both were susceptible to it and actually ezra didn't want to it's funny i just remembered his name uh jonah hill's character ezra like he wasn't really ready to break up but you know you know 
Lauren, Lund Lauren London was quick to hit the eject button. Quick to hit the eject, and, you know, uh, Ezra just had to eat it. Uh, but, you know, three months later, so less than half the time that they knew each other. I, I, just, I think everything in this movie moved fast, except for that apology. Like, that was fucking nuts. Why the fuck are we waiting three months to do what should have been done i i don't know whatever whatever and i uh, you know another thing i need to say i think it's crazy that when they first met each other like early in the movie like when it kind of like establishes the premise that like they're going to start talking dating or whatever that they immediately start playing nipsey like mm, i don't i don't think i mean i understand it's a movie but like don't associate me <laughs> don't associate me with your white love interest in a movie which apparently she didn't even kiss in the at the in the wedding. Apparently it was a CGI kiss. They didn't really actually go for it. And and then also like she's wearing red in the movie. Like Nipsey's got to be got to be uh disappointed about this. Got to be disappointed. But whatever. It is what it is. All in all, um, if I had to rate it, uh, let's see. Uh, I'll I'll give it six out of ten. It was. It's you know, if you're bored on a weekend. It's it's all right. It'll it'll get the job done. It'll entertain you for long enough. I did plan on seeing Knock at the Cabin this past weekend. I was not able to get to it. Um, but that is something that I do think I want to do. I'm probably not gonna do it next weekend since we got the Super Bowl coming up. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. I I'm I'm intrigued, and I see that it's there's you know some uh representation in the movie I, I noticed that within the trailer um but they're not marketing it as that so you know that that's that's good there actually is a little bit more adept to the story than oh we're gay so you know i'm i'm, I'm and i'm not really that big on the scary movies the horrors and everything but the concept behind it i'm i'm i'm, I'm intrigued so uh at some point i'm gonna see that and uh, you know talk to y'all about that but whatever enough of this whole movie segment whatever uh let's go ahead and get into this fucking <sighs> let's get back into some nba news lebron is about to break the scoring record and kyrie irving has been traded so let's talk about it all right well I guess it's time to get this shit over with uh sometime really soon if not tonight lebron james will surpass kareem to become the NBA's all-time regular season scoring leader. The reason why I said regular season, because he's already the all-time scoring leader if you include playoff points, but obviously, you know, there's going to be a little bit more to it. <clears throat> now, I've been thinking about this, and it's not a secret that I hate LeBron James, but I've been thinking about for a while how to properly contextualize this. And the conclusion that I've come to is I don't care. Shocker. I don't care. But I will say I do understand if it's your guy, if you're a fan of somebody who has any type of success or breaks any type of long standing record, that you're definitely going to feel a way about it. And cool, by all means, feel a way about it. I remember when Steph passed uh, Ray Allen last year. It was amazing. It wasn't like I, I, I remember it. Uh, and I wasn't even a fan for that entire time. Probably didn't start really liking Steph uh, openly. I didn't come out the closet with Steph until 2016. Actually, no, because Kobe was still playing, but it was the clear transition. Yeah, it might it might have been. Yeah, it might have been 2016. 2016, I officially came out the closet. Um, but you know, then Kevin Durant fucking came and 
ruin shit, but regardless, not the point. If it's your guy, I understand that it's a big moment that solidifies things or that adds to narratives and all that. Okay, cool. I understand why a fan would do that. What I what really bothers me is that the casuals, people that aren't really invested, which are a majority of this person's fans, because um, it's how should I say this? Um, there is a strong correlation between people that voted for Biden, got vaccinated, that think LeBron James is the GOAT. There's, there's just a nice correlation. If you have two of those, more than likely, the other applies. More than likely. I, I feel very confident. I need to name that theory, name that rule. But I mean, if you're voted for Biden, if you're vaccinated, you think LeBron's the GOAT, you're like, there's like, like certain characteristics and certain things about people. Like you just know all you need to know about them if certain things apply. Uh, and that's the majority of his fans. So, eh, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. Strength in numbers, right? Um, but I've been thinking about this, and you might say, oh, well, you don't care just because it's not your guy. One, yes. Oh, well, you don't care just because you're hating. Sure. But what really grinds my gears is how these people are going to, for whatever reason, it seems like every year, literally every year, something different is now said to be like, yeah, no, that's it. That solidifies it. That's it. That's in 2018 or 2016, 20, it's just every single year. There's another thing that solidifies it. If you are continuously solidifying, then are you not solidified? Like you, you don't, you don't continuously have to do these acts and deeds. If we believe you, like if it's true, better yet, not if we believe you, if it's true, you don't, you don't have to. And even even more so you shouldn't care too much about it. if you're actually that person and believe that you're that person it shouldn't really bother you too much if people don't but yeah you know whatever whatever it's it's not that's not the point what i'm getting to or what i was looking at though is oh well he's gonna be he's gonna retire like top three and assist and number one in points and i mean that just solidifies it it is like he's 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 the one he's up there like, okay so I started looking at some career totals, some that I was already aware of. But I mean, since we're at this moment in time, well, I guess we'll have the conversation. <sighs> career totals are not meaningless. They do like they're. <laughs> I mean, they keep them for a reason, but nobody. If that if that's your, I mean, fuck it. I'll just say it like this: what, Kareem's held that record for thirty some years. I don't know a single person that's ever said Kareem is the goat. Even though I went through it this past summer, he has a damn good resume. I would make the case that he has. The, actually, I think currently he has the best resume, but um, but LeBron will very likely surpass it. Um, but currently, Kareem has the best resume, and he doesn't even get that credit. So, like, what what is it, branding? But what what why is it that you think after achieving this accomplishment it's now solidified for the upteenth time because i'm looking at it we all well not me but the general the masses 
the vexed <laughs> will agree that Magic Johnson is the greatest point guard of all time. Okay. I mean I'm not I mean I would I'm opposed it because you know I'm obviously rocking with Steph right now, but if you want to say Magic Johnson's greatest point guard of all time, you're not gonna get an argument or a disagreement from too many people. But I thought career totals mattered. Last time I checked, John Stockton has five thousand more assists than Magic Johnson. And 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 not only that, because oh well, LeBron's gonna lead in points and he's gonna be top three in assists. I think John Stockton's the only person in NBA history that is an all-time leader in two different statistical categories. Would I ever pick John Stockton over Magic Johnson? Hell no. Oh well, Magic had to stop playing and he had to do that. Okay, well, isn't I mean, isn't that the basis and the foundation of this whole record that's about to be broken? That he was sustained greatness for so long. Like, isn't that something that they hold against Jordan? That he had to take two years or take those times off or retire two times? Isn't that the knock on him? Even though we all know it's bullshit. Isn't that the knock on him? Because, I mean, if you want to just look at math. Now, granted, oh, well, he could get hurt. Da, 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 but just mathematically, statistically. If he does play, if he does not retire, like he has like 42,000 points, you know, and speaking of speaking of Michael Jordan real quick, I was going to get to this later. But since I'm here, Michael Jordan, I believe, is uh, third all time in steals. Um, He took all those times off. He retired all those times like people like like, like you know, like you're talking about. But oh, well, some stats weigh more than others and some. That, OK, all right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. I'm just saying, I think we all know that Magic Johnson, we all would rather have Magic Johnson than John Stockton. But John Stockton is, again, like I said, I believe the only player in NBA history that is leading in two different statistical categories. Like, oh, actually, I guess that's not true. I guess LeBron is the all-time leader in turnovers, and he's about to be the all-time leader in points. So, okay, I guess, I guess. All in all, even though I'm hating, that's not a shot. All in all, I will say this. I will say this. This is as transparent, and this is probably the nicest I will ever be about LeBron James. In high school, we were coming up. I was certain. I was absolutely certain. There is no way in hell that this guy keeps getting away with this. By the time he hits about 28, 29, 30, yeah, no, nah, it's going to be a wrap. He can't shoot, so it's going to be a wrap. All that fucking driving to the rim and jumping over people and all the, that, it's going to be a wrap. Now, he is a great passer, so he will possibly be able to fall back. This is me back then. I'm just like, he'll be able to fall back and be like uh, a great Boris Diaw. But nah, this ain't, he. this, this shit not going to fly. This ain't, this, hell no. Fuck out of here. Um, Now, he has maintained his health. Um... You can do your own research, but, you know, he was a part of that whole steroid thing and when he was in Miami. Um, but, you know, you know, whatever. Believe what you want to believe, um, you know. Uh, even though Clutch Media, Clutch Media has done their best to try to scrub most of that, there you can still find some articles and some things about that whole thing. Um, I 
the game has gone softer. We're taking a lot more threes. But regardless, at the end of the day, LeBron James will be able to say that he is the NBA's all-time leading scorer. I, I will say I definitely did not expect that to ever be the case. Well, I guess I can't say ever. It became more of a reality the past couple of years. But the majority of the time, when the majority of his career, I would have heavily, heavily, heavily bet against it. But here we are. Here we fucking are. Anyway, shout out to the Bronsexuals. Y'all got it. Y'all got that. Don't really change shit, in my opinion. Uh, none of us have been saying Kareem's the GOAT. He's held that record for 30 some years. Um, and, I mean, you you don't think the NBA is not in, <laughs> has not been, I won't say scripted, but has not been heavily favoring LeBron James. I just find it funny that uh, I, I'm, I'm willing to bet anything. I'm willing to bet anything. Within the next five to ten years, the NBA is going to shorten their season from 82 to at the max 72, possibly 65. If that is done, it's virtually impossible for anybody to break any of these records that stand today. But that's a great story that the NBA will be able to tell. <coughs> Anywho, congratulations, LeBron James. Chess, nigga. Okay, so uh, I guess this week's just going to be just chock full of sports. Um, I, I was going to talk about that whole balloon thing, but I don't care. I, I don't care anymore. And, I mean, uh, the economy's fucked, but y'all don't care. Um, the season is ending. The NFL season is ending. So going to, uh, like I like I promised y'all, and apparently, like, like I said, that was one of the most listened to episodes last year um, with the whole crypto. So I'm starting to slowly get back into it, and um, I'll be uh, letting y'all know about that, talking about some coins that I'm looking at. Um, and also, um, do your own due diligence. <laughs> like, obviously. <laughs> Certainly hope nobody's just listening to what I'm saying and be like, yeah, yeah, let's go. But yeah, yeah, let me do that. Let's do that. Let's do like, I mean, if you're doing that, I mean, you're hey, more power to you. I mean, I'm just telling you what I'm going to do. You can, you know, do what you want to do, but obviously not financial advice. Do what you feel is best with your fucking money. But until then, Kyrie Irving just got traded. Um. Oh, yeah. Fifth wall. Fifth wall. Um. So majority of this podcast was actually recorded last like Tuesday. Um, I, I've kind of like I like I told y'all if you've been a consistent listener, uh, you know I'm trying out something different, so um, it's probably gonna be more of uh, what you're gonna get is gonna be a combination. What you're gonna get is gonna be a combination of you know pretty much the entire week wrapped up into one episode. That that's gonna be a part of the new stuff that I want to do with the pod. So, uh, it might be a little confusing when you're listening, but, uh, you know, you'll get used to it. If you're a consistent listener, you'll get used to it. Um, but that's why I'm adding in all the fucking sound effects and shit. So, you know, it's kind of a, you know, maybe hopefully that can trigger your mind to let you know that we've, we're in a different phase. We're, you know, switching gears or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I just think it's more trying to help, help you understand. As best as you can. Anyway, Kyrie Irving got traded to the uh, Dallas Mavericks. 
uh, not too long ago. And um, that was honestly, I don't know many trades that have ever went down where both teams got worse, but that is exactly what happened with this trade. Uh, I'm going to talk about it from the Mavs in first. They're the one that's acquiring the quote unquote star. Um, the Mavs gave up Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, either Dorian Finney-Smith or Reggie Bullock or both, and draft picks for Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is not exactly the uh, complimentary piece to Luka Doncic, in my opinion. Now, granted, they still have Christian Wood, um, but Luka is a very, 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 very ball-dominant player. And to a degree, so is Kyrie. The problem is... Neither one of them are really that good at defense, like at all. So ideally, now the other guys are, you know, I but Spencer Dinwiddie was okay. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock, one or the other, I don't know. I, I think they traded Dorian. Uh, I like I like Dorian Finney-Smith. I And believe it or not, you can look at the stats. The Mavs have been a sneaky good defensive team this year. Um, so I don't know how that's going to translate now that you bring in Kyrie Irving, who is statistically one of the worst defensive guards in the NBA. Um, he doesn't, I mean, can he play off the ball? I guess, but he's been, you don't teach an old dog new tricks. He's going on year 12, and he's been ball dominant everywhere he's been. And, and Luka might be, even though he's played with LeBron, <laughs> Luka might be the most ball-dominant player he's ever <laughs> been with. And you got to think about more with recent history, recent memory. He's been playing with KD. And, I mean, KD's not that ball-dominant, which is one of his red flags, which is one of his problems. He's not assertive enough. But because of that, Kyrie is allowed to do what he wants to do. But at the end of the day, he doesn't mind if Kevin ever did decide to grab his nuts and, like, take some shit over. He wouldn't mind that. But now he's coming to a completely different dynamic where in his mind, I'm the accomplished one. I'm the champion. I've been here. I've done that. I'm the vet. You should listen to me. And Luca's just like, yo, like I'm averaging 35, nine and nine. Like I'm doing just for, I was in the conference finals last year. Y'all lost in the first round. Like I'm good. I'm actually some, if I would hope if I'm Luca that he's actually furious with this fucking trade. Cause that ain't it. That ain't it. He's, Good, good luck. Good luck, Mavs. Good luck. And then just, is Kyrie going to, well, I, I, don't, I don't even care. I don't even care about that. That that would seem to be an awful trade. I think they got worse on offense and defense because it's not like Luka. I know they say get Luka some help, but some players, <clears throat> some players you just can't help. Some players are so ball dominant where every play starts and ends with them. That and that's just their play style. That's what makes them great. That's what makes them who they are. So having them play a different style lowers what the output that you're getting from them. Now, is it still good enough? Eh, we don't know. We don't know. But Lucas played hero ball his whole life. This nigga took what Slovenia, I think, whatever the fuck it was. Like he had them like. They weren't in the gold medal, were they? But he took a fucking country of like 200-something thousand people competing toe-to-toe with like major countries that have been established in basketball. Like Slovenia, Serbia, whichever one he's from, they ain't been like, they've had a couple of NBA players, but they ain't been like a problem out here on the world stage. Second, this nigga pops up now all of a sudden in the round of eight or, you know what I'm saying, round of 16, round of eight, whatever the fuck they call it in the Olympics. Like, 
and then again, you're bringing in oh, Kyrie, Kyrie. Yeah, this this was this was an awful trade in my opinion for the Mavs. Awful. Um, they're they're not as deep as they used to be. Uh, well, actually, I think they said they got Markeith Morris too, but it's still not as deep as they used to be. Uh, the defense got worse, uh, and now you have egos to deal with. And uh, quiet as Kev, Luca's ego is pretty fucking big. I, I good luck to the Mavs. Good luck to the Mavs. Now, from the Brooklyn angle, <clears throat> this is only a bad trade because Kevin Durant is now going to have to actually step up and be a leader. <laughs> and he's going on year 16, so we know that shit's not going to happen. Like, I actually, like, I mean, yes, you are losing Kyrie, but you're getting Spencer Dinwiddie. I like Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, you're getting... Dorian Finney-Smith, I've already said how much I like him. You're getting picks for the future, which, I mean, that doesn't affect KD right now. But if I'm the Nets, like, cool. We got that Sean Marks, I believe. Cool. We got some picks. We got some draft capital. We can possibly do something with that if we want to, you know, make a move or splash now. Uh, you still have Ben Simmons. Well, you know, whatever. But now, now Ben has whatever Kyrie's usage percentage was, whatever it was, now Ben can eat into that a little bit more, but that's still kind of do or die. But Kevin's going to have to be that guy in his ear. Kevin's going to have to guide him. Kevin's going to have to lead him. There's more to leadership than just getting an assist. But y'all want to know that. But that's what Kevin's going to need to do now. I think that the Nets are, I, I think on paper, the Nets got better. But the problem is Kevin Durant is not the guy to do it. Now, as far as them being a contender and winning a championship, no, because I don't think Kevin Durant is better than Giannis. Not anymore. Uh, so that would be a roadblock. Um, who else is in the East? Uh, Kevin Durant would not be able to take on. Mm, no, he wouldn't be able to beat uh, the 76ers. It depends on what Harden we're getting, but I don't think he'd be able to beat the Sixers. Uh, so either way, and I honestly, I that that didn't change with them trading Kyrie. I maybe I would give them a chance against the Sixers, but I didn't think I don't think that they're beating Giannis. I I don't. And, oh, my God, I've forgotten about the fucking Boston Celtics, the current number one seed. Like, regardless of if Kyrie stayed or not, the Nets were, I guess we'll say a contender, but I wasn't putting my money on them. Like, you know, unless Ben Simmons actually figures it the fuck out and is the player that he's capable of being. Nah, I didn't I didn't I didn't see them as a real legitimate contender this year anyway. Um, but they can still be just as successful as I thought that they would be. Maybe a second round team. They can still be just as successful with the team that they have now. And if Kevin Rand is the player that he thinks he is, well, Kevin Rand or Jason Tatum, Kevin Rand or Giannis, Kevin Rand, Joel Embiid. If he's the player he thinks he is, then it should be a no brainer. And if when you elevate the guys around you and again there's more to elevating the guys around you than just passing them the ball for an assist but you retards when they know that um there's the day in day out the building sometimes you have to be mean yeah sometimes you have to be mean it's not always just about being buddy buddy and best friends sometimes there needs to be a level of intimidation or fear Sorry, Kevin Rand don't have that. Honestly, I don't think anybody in the NBA has it um, anymore, honestly. Um, I was actually thinking about this last year, I think. Um, <clears throat> I think there's a certain level of respect that Giannis has but amongst his teammates. Um, 
I don't think Jason Tatum is really that leader of that team. Honestly, I don't. <laughs> if you if you pulled him away from everybody, put him on a lie detector, and let him know that the results would never leave this room, I think Marcus Smart would tell you he's the leader of the Celtics. And because he's like one of the older guys, you know, he, you know, and the problem is, I think Al Horford would say the same thing. I think Jalen Brown would say the same thing. That's the problem. You got way too many guys that think that. But last year they were able to mesh together and, you know, it was able to somewhat work. Um, but ah, I don't like that situation, but they, they do have talent and they are able to get it done. Um, but a uh, dumbass trade for the Mavs. Um, it's, uh, gonna make Kevin Durant work. So we know he doesn't want to do that. So that's what makes it a bad trade for the Nets. And, uh, that's all I have to say about that. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So one bad thing about, you know, this new way that I'm going to be going about the pod is, you know, just recording different segments and stuff throughout the week and putting it all together into one is I don't really remember if I touched on certain things. So, I want to go ahead and talk about this for a second. Um, I've been talking about all year how defensive players are just low IQ. And I do not believe that I spoke about Joseph Asai and his late hit, which more or less propelled the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. What are you doing? What are you like? With the, we've just seen this all fucking year and not just this year th throughout all the football like just i understand they're changing the rules and they're making it so much harder on defensive players and they're now even talking about making uh, certain tackles illegal like the tackle that got tony pollard hurt uh the tackle that uh hurt patrick mahomes like they're looking at these things trying to make the game more safe but that puts the defense at a severe disadvantage i get that i understand that but you have to not just be a fucking Bull in a china shop. I have no sympathy for Joseph Osai, and none of his teammates should either, to be completely honest with you. Like, yeah, I know the, the cliche, no one play wins or loses a game, but I mean, when you do some shit like that, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard not to think that. Just like Quay Walker at the end of the regular season for the Packers, just doing some dumb shit. I do not understand how defensive players routinely do stupid shit that causes their team the game. It, it blows my fucking mind. The dude is already on one leg. He is hobbling out of bounds. He is literally five fucking yards. out. He is past the weight out of bounds and this nigga still has the need to push this nigga and you know what i will say this i mean that was instant karma i'm not happy about it but he ended up getting hurt too doing that dumb shit like what I, bro i forget who i think it was a uh, brit or whatever i forget who it was one of the guys in the Bengals. like he was mad as fuck in the locker room like why the fuck you gonna touch the quarterback like yeah why why are you why are you now, granted, again, the Chiefs had, you know, eight seconds left. If that didn't happen, they'd probably get another big chunk play or whatever. But I, again, I'm not mad at it because, you know, the Chiefs are in there. But, you know, I would have been happy too because, you know, I rock with the Bengals as well. But I, Jesus Christ, what, what are we doing, defense? What are we doing? Yeah. That, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think the closer you are to the ball on defense, the lower the IQ. Because I do think that corners and safeties, because eh, it's typically linebackers and D linemen that are getting caught doing the dumb shit. 
And I will say, like, you know, Ed Reed, you got to be pretty cerebral. Back in the day, Rod Woodson, Charles Woodson, those guys, like, you got to be pretty cerebral back there. And, I mean, I'm sure they did their fair share of dumb shit. But the game was also different back then. So things that they would have been called for now, they wouldn't have been called for. But I just, it's it's it blows my mind. It blows my fucking mind. Anyway, I just, I needed to, because I don't remember if I talked about that. And, I mean, you've already listened to it because it was earlier on in the pod. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't remember. So, you know, I just wanted to address that in this last last bit. Um, also, uh, before I talk about the Super Bowl for a little bit, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to go too deep on the Super Bowl because I'm probably going to have, probably going to have another episode before the Super Bowl um, where I get to get all of my uh, degenerate uh, picks out and go more into depth about what I think about the game. Um, but, you know, just an initial initial look at it looking at the numbers like i was doing with all the other games this uh postseason oh and i mean i only missed on three games in the postseason uh you know i missed on the tampa bay in the wild card and i obviously missed on both teams in the conference championship but other than that all in all it's pretty pretty good playoff run pretty good playoff run but it's not over yet now looking at uh the numbers of it uh it appears that the eagles have the statistical advantage uh in a sweep um, the Eagles, uh, they have the number eight passing offense. Uh, I mean, the Eagles win however they need to win. If Jalen needs to throw for 300, he can. If he needs to run for 150, he can. Um, and the Eagles have a top 10 passing offense going against the Chiefs, 19th pass defense. So, eh. uh, now this is going to be obviously the big matchup. Uh, the Chiefs' number one passing offense versus the Eagles' number one passing defense. Uh, now, it's been uh, quite some time since the Eagles have faced somebody who is actually able and capable of making plays down the field as a quarterback. I mean, trying to remember uh, Brock Purdy, like the whole quarterback situation in the conference championship. And then they played the Giants, who, you know, we didn't believe in Daniel Jones moving the ball. Um, and then they had the bye week. So it, it's it's been quite some time since they faced a capable quarterback. But Granted, Patrick Mahomes is still hobbled. He's had two weeks to somewhat recover, so we'll see what that looks like. Um, I'm assuming that he's going to be heavily perked up, so he's not going to feel anything. But uh, that's that's going to be the matchup. That's going to be the key to it. Uh, if he can not not turn the ball over, I you know I want to I want to rock in my Chiefs. But you know, then again, I've been against the Chiefs all fucking year, and you know it's worked out good for him. So you know, maybe I need to pick the Eagles, but you know, we'll see. Um, as far as running the ball, we already know the Eagles have the advantage when it comes to that. They're a top five rushing offense, but the Chiefs, surprisingly, sneakily, are a top 10 rushing defense. So, see what that happens. See if uh, Chris Jones and uh, I like the, I like that rookie, Carl Loftus. Uh, let's see if they can uh, do some things. Uh, a lot of storylines. A lot, a lot of storylines in the Super Bowl. Um, the older people want to, you know, label, label it the uh, Andy Reid Bowl. Um, obviously, there's the Kelsey's. Um, there's the two black quarterbacks, uh, my, my fault, the two Texas quarterbacks, two different styles of quarterback, um, AJ Brown and Willie Gay are apparently high school teammates. Um, I don't know if y'all remember this though, something that's very interesting to me and something that I, I'm going to, I'm going to look into, uh, well, for different reasons, y'all, y'all don't care about that stuff yet, but I remember earlier in the year, I said, I don't remember what pod it was. I, I think it was the... I think it was the pod before Christmas or right after Christmas. But I noticed that they're, they were doing something this year with brothers in the NFL. And maybe it's just a coincidence. Maybe there's more brothers in the NFL than we actually are aware of or pay attention to. But we just had the Pro Bowl uh, go by. 
And uh, well, first off, I'll start with the Bosa's. You know, Nick Bosa was in the uh, was in the conference championship, and then uh, I think believe it was Joey was the one that you know had that whole altercation outside the stadium. Um, we just saw the Diggs brothers at the Pro Bowl. Um, oh, also the St. Browns at the Pro Bowl. Um, and then the Mannings, you know, coaching against each other. But I noticed early in the year there was some some type of brother narrative, like that they were just continuously throwing in our face. And then it just so happens we have the Kelseys in the Super Bowl. So I still don't know what it means. I I'm, I'm haven't dug enough into it. Um, but there's something going on here. Something going on here. I I, I can't describe it. It's something's going on here. Uh, I mean, if I would have been paying attention earlier, I would have you know possibly took note of that and been able to capitalize on it but i did have that eagles future in um, i remember after uh that monday night game against the vikings i believe uh like week two or week three i was like yeah now nah, eagles going to the super bowl i i picked eagles and bills um well at that time during the regular season uh so you know i got one half of it but whatever whatever based off the numbers uh it looks like the eagles are looks like the eagles are the better team and should uh be taking uh, taking this thing away. But with that being said, I love Patrick Mahomes as an underdog. I love the adversity. So I don't want to say it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save that. I'm gonna save that for when I actually do my uh, Super Bowl episode. But as of right now, the Eagles do appear to be that team. And uh, Joseph Asai's a dumbass. So yeah. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Uh, you know, definitely uh, had some fun getting it to you. As a matter of fact, uh, well, that's actually kind of a lie because it's actually um, it's going to be more work. But we're gonna we're gonna work on a system. Gonna make sure that we can uh, make this a better experience for y'all as well as a better experience uh, in creating. So please go ahead and follow along with this new journey. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe. Uh, anything else? Um, already said white women are the real Jews. Uh, yeah, no, that's it. That's it. Appreciate y'all. Be back next week.